Gender Amplified Podcast. Welcome to Behind the Beat, the podcast where we highlight the work of female identifying and non-binary producers. Today on our show, we have Simone Torres, who is currently living in Atlanta, working as a vocal producer and sound engineer. She's worked with huge acts like Jessie J, Betty Who, Cardi B, and Sia. And she also has a killer voice. Welcome, Simone. <laughs> Thanks, Gaia. Happy to be here. Simone is actually the reason I pursued music, because she told me to do the Berkeley five-week summer program when I was younger and that's what kind of opened my eyes up to all the careers available in music so thank you for that that's so cool I didn't know that so we met six years ago because we were both we both auditioned for the x factor the singing show Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that that was interesting so let's just start by talking about your background and how you first got into music when I was nine my dad he was a parole officer on Long Island and his overtime got cut at work and he used to rap. He actually used to rap with Bismarcky. So he was like, let me put together some DJ stuff and start doing that on the side to make some extra money. And so he started gigging around town and singing and doing different competitions. And then they wanted to see if I could sing too, because I always sang around the house and he would bring a karaoke machine home and have me sing like Etta James and things like that. And so he brought me to this karaoke store <laughs> in Deer Park um, and had me sing in the corner for the woman who owned the shop <laughs> to, to see if I could sing. So yeah, ever since then, I started taking lessons with her. Her name's Marianne Barry. And I started gigging every weekend from when I was nine until I went to college. And then when I was in college, five times a week. And my love of music really came from singing. And I just did that for so long. And It was always the thought, okay, I want to be a singer. This is what I want to do. But when I decided that I wanted to go to college, I wanted to go for music business because I had had so many times where like, it's like you almost get a deal and you don't and people say things and then things fall through. And I was just like, all right, I want to be able to help other people navigate these situations. So I started Berkeley. I declared music business right out the gate. It was cool. Like music business, I was good at but I didn't love it. I was missing that creative side that I got from singing. And so I had a few times where I was trying to record things for a scholarship portfolio. And the people would want to charge me so much money to literally just hit record and not do anything, the vocal. And I was just like, you know, of all these years of me performing, like I had put out a few CDs, whatever, but I had no recording that I was proud of. And I didn't know how to communicate what I wanted differently. I just knew that I didn't like it and I didn't know how to change it, how to get them to change it. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm in college. I'm going to learn this myself. So I applied for the music production engineering program at Berkeley and I got into that. And that really started turning everything for me. I really love math and things like that. And so it was able to marry that technical side with the creative side. In my last year of MP&E, I was in a vocal technologies class with Prince Charles, and he did a presentation on Ku Corral, who's like the most prominent vocal producer in the industry. And I didn't even know that vocal production was a thing. And so I was just like, that's what I want to do. That's who I want to work for. So I did. It took me a while to get in contact with Kook, but I just made it known to everyone at the school, the teachers, different contacts that I had. I was like, this is who I want to work for. 
I interviewed different engineers that came to the school that had worked with him before on his workflow so that I could practice working that way. I worked in the tech shops that I could learn how to build gear and I could be valuable in that way. It ultimately led to me graduating, moving to LA because I knew he was working on anti. Um, I got a part-time job doing some corporate sound to keep myself afloat if he would let me intern for him because he still didn't met me. And yeah, finally convinced him to take a meeting with me. And then I started working from him since then. A few months in, maybe like two and a half, three months in, he was like, do you want to, he's like, I'm not going to be here anymore because we finished anti. I'm not going to be here as much. So if you want to work with me and you really want to pursue this, move to Atlanta. So I was like, okay, so that's why I'm in Atlanta. So I (laughs) I had letters of recommendation, like specifically for him and my resume specifically to him, my cover letter, all that stuff printed out in bound. And I kept that in my car. I kept a dress shirt in my car. And there were a few times where he was like, oh, like I can meet you after this session. And so I would like this one time he said he could meet me after a Jesse J session. And so I went to the area that the studio was in because I lived in the valley and it would take me a long time to get out there. So I just like hung out at the Grove for hours because I was like, I don't if he like finishes, I want to be like around and able to do this. But like, then, you know, that one fell through. So like, there's a few stories like that. But um, one morning, it finally worked out. That's so cool. Because you you had a goal, and you did everything you could to make it happen. Yeah, it was it was great. And looking back on it, like, it's the whole thing with pursuing somebody like that, or any kind of situation like that. My whole mindset the whole time was like, I need to toe this line of persistence versus annoyance. They're really busy. So a lot of the time, it's not that they don't want to meet with you or get back to you, but they're caught up in other things, but you don't want to get to the point where like, they're like, oh my gosh, this person again. And one thing that I want to touch on that you mentioned a little before too, is like this aspect of failure. You were saying you went into music business because you wanted to be able to help people out of sticky situations in the music industry. And I feel like that's something that we just don't hear about enough because I think all of our heroes have gone through something that has left them really crushed. And so I think it's really important to highlight what if it didn't work out and like you never got in contact with him. Honestly, the day that I met with him, I was going to give up. So I remember I was getting brunch with my friend Isabel and I was telling her, I was like, yeah, like I've been trying for almost two months to meet with him. Like after I moved to LA, because I talked to him before and then I moved there and then things just kept falling through. And so I was like, you know, I, I think I'm going to give up because I was also offered an internship at the village with Tina and she's amazing. She like, works as a technician and was a head engineer. And so she offered me a position over there. So I was talking to Isabel. I was like, I think I'm just going to go that route, even though that's not really where my heart was. She was like, no, like try again, try one more time. Cause I, at this point I felt like I was being annoying and I was like, ma'am, what am I doing? And so she was like, reach out and say, I'm available from this time to this time. And so I did. And then that's the time that it worked out. But if she hadn't encouraged me to continue trying, I don't know if I would be where I was today because I don't know if I would have tried again. Let's just talk a little bit about Atlanta versus New York and LA. There's a whole lot going on in Atlanta right now and a lot of opportunity, especially for people that are trying to get into the industry in different ways because all the tax incentives in Atlanta has brought a lot of business. So the movie industry here is huge. And then they did a big um, tax exemption for touring to come through here. So there's just a lot going on. And the difference between Atlanta and somewhere like LA or New York is that it's less saturated with people trying to do what we do. Atlanta needs good people. And if you're good, you stand out really quickly. 
and you can work with like big producers and big artists. Like I've, you know, working with Mike Will here and Tricky Stewart and like all these people just because I'm here and I'm good at what I do. There's just a lot of opportunity here to get quickly versus LA where there is opportunity, but you can spend maybe three years running and then you can be an assistant and then you can maybe work to engineer, which is amazing. And I'm not knocking it, but Atlanta is just an easier route to get in there. And then you can go to LA in my opinion. This is probably a really hard question to answer, but what's like a typical day to day for you? Every day is different. So like there'll be times like I just had like a week where I was kind of off and that was amazing. But like before that I had a month without a day off. Right. A lot of my days are, I don't really know what's happening until it happens because I'll get the, the text of like, Hey, are you free? And I really, really, really hate having to say I'm not free. When I'm in the studio, I'm sometimes I'm tracking with writers. So we'll get like a bunch of beats and they're in there and they're writing. And so I'm just tracking and making things sound like a record as we go. Sometimes I'm vocal producing. Sometimes I'm just straight up engineering and helping people edit do that kind of stuff. And sometimes I'm doing the live front of house for corporate companies. But then there's also the aspect of we are freelance, right? So, you know, there's all of the invoicing and the business management that goes along with all of that as well. What is the best thing and the worst thing about your job? The best thing about my job is that I love what I do. Vocal production specifically is like what all of my experiences and everything that I've done is culminated in. The worst part trying to have a work-life balance at this point in my career. When you're working literally constantly, sometimes 48-hour days, it's really hard to create boundaries and have a balance. That's been the hardest part for me throughout, just because I care so much. Like, I always want to be on call. It's an ebb and flow, but that just comes with experience, and I'm I'm figuring it out. (laughs) So what has been your most memorable session to date? Working with Jessie J is absolutely incredible. She is... (laughs) one of the most talented vocalists that I've ever heard in my life. She's absolutely incredible. And she's an amazing human being. I absolutely love her. She was doing a commercial for Propel and she wrote this song for the Get Ugly campaign. And so I got to go sing backups and, you know, for game vocals. And that was so cool to me because like that aired on TV and it's like Jessie J. Like I love her. Like I you know, looked up to her growing up. So it's getting to do things like that. Her song, Not My Ex, is probably one of my favorite songs ever. And getting to be a part of it was just so, so special to me. I remember like getting home after we finished that record and just like standing on the couch in the hotel and listening to that song and being like, whoa, like, (laughs) this is incredible. Like, I love this. Yeah, there's a lot of great experiences, but I think those are like my, some of the top ones. What's a piece of advice that you'd give to an up-and-coming producer and or engineer? Find a mentor. That's the biggest thing, I think. Finding a mentor is just so incredibly, incredibly, incredibly important, but not just somebody whose work you admire, but somebody whose life you admire, like the way that they handle like their personal business. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There's this feeling like you need to know everything already when you start and you don't like no one that starts knows everything. And the only way that you're going to learn is by asking. And if you pretend to know things and you don't, that's just going to look so bad on you. Find out what you really want to do. And then be persistent about it. Be persistent and just take those small steps. And 
one more thing I want to say too is I worked a corporate job. I worked for this company called PSAV and it's not glamorous, but just don't be afraid to do what you have to do. Even if it's like literally I was setting up projectors and like AV equipment at hotels. And if you're doing something like that with a goal in mind and every day you're taking conscious steps to get there, I think that that's really wonderful and that more people should do that and not just not do it because, oh, it's not music. Where can people find you if they want to check out your work? Yeah, you could check out simonetorres.com, S-I-M-O-N-E-T-O-R-R-E-S.com. And you could take a look at my credits page. Each one of the album covers is linked to the work. You could check out that or you could look at my Instagram, which is Simone Torres Music and just reach out. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode of Behind the Beat. This podcast is produced by me, Kaya Cohen, alongside with Gender Amplified. And stay tuned for the next episode.